0: I'm so glad you're joining me on Awaken to Grace. Today we're talking about such a difficult subject, it's suffering. So many of us, we suffer in this life. And for those of you who follow our ministry, many of you know right now in the season of my life, I am suffering blindness. Well, today I want to share very personal thoughts with you that the Lord is teaching me in my season of suffering. and I want to talk about suffering, how it's not simply meaningless. It's not a waste that you and I walk through the difficulties that we do. But in fact, there is an eternal perspective that the Lord wants us to have when it comes to the suffering of of this life. We're going to talk about how one day we're going to be in heaven where there is absolutely no suffering. And so because we live in this world, on this earth, you and I have the unique opportunity to glorify God with each and every suffering that we face. I hope that you'll not only enjoy today, but that you'll share this with a friend who perhaps is in a season of of suffering. I hope you enjoyed today's edition of Awakened to Grace. Today I want to bring your attention to a subject that I personally have been thinking about quite extensively lately. Um, I've been praying over this and I feel like the Lord has been showing me some great insight on this topic that's found in 1 Peter chapter 1. I want to go with you over a couple of verses and give some explanation of the verses and then I want us to apply it to our everyday life because what the Lord is showing me, I can tell you, is making a great difference in my heart and in my daily life. So, 1 Peter chapter 1, I want you to begin in verse number 6. We know through the earlier verses of chapter 1, who who Peter is writing to, his audience is to a group of Jews who live in exile. They have been exiled for their faith, and uh, things are difficult on this group of believers. Now, obviously, we know it is the Holy Spirit who truly authored the word of God. All of scripture, the Bible says in 1 Timothy, is breathed out by God. It is inspired by God. It is authored by God. And therefore, what Peter wrote to this group of exiles so many centuries ago is truly written for us today. And should the Lord not return for another 100 years, for another 500 years, for another 1,000 years. Those who come many years after us, many centuries after us, the Word of God will be just as relevant to those. Why? Because it is truly written, it is truly authored by the Holy Spirit. And so the Bible is a living, breathing book, and it is relevant So what Peter wrote to these suffering Christians, what Peter wrote to this group who is in exile and suffering for their faith, well, be assured it is written just as well to us. And so the principles are the same and the truths are just the same for us today. So today I want to talk to you about what it means to face grievous trials, as Peter calls them what it means to face fiery trials, and how to not just walk through difficult seasons here and now for the moment, but what it means for eternity. The premise of today is we are going to talk about having an eternal perspective. We're going to talk about what it means to suffer not only well, in this moment, in this season, in this stage of life. But how is suffering preparing us for eternity at the revelation of Jesus Christ? So I've been thinking about this a lot. Because as you know, and those who listen and follow our ministry, as those of you who follow us know, uh, you know I'm walking through this season of blindness. And I'm so quick to call it a season because I believe That God is going to heal my eyes. I believe that God is going to reopen my eyes. I believe that one day I'm going to regain sight. And because I believe that the Bible teaches that much of our life is a season, right? We go through seasons. There are a series of hills and there are a series of valleys. And then there are ce- series of hills and series of valleys. And because we are always in transition, because this world is transient, because this uh, world is set to seasons, you know, right now it's the end of September. And as we look to fall, most of us are excited about October and fall setting in, right? I look forward to brisk air. I look forward to insects going away. (laughs) I look forward to, uh, you know, everything that's fall. And, And the season is going to change, right? Well, so it is in our own lives. So it is especially spiritually. We go through seasons. And what is today isn't necessarily going to be Months from now, the season of your life is going to change. So if you're in a difficulty, rest assured, the season is going to change. You're going to come into a good place. And if you're in a good place, I'm sad to tell you, the season is going to change. (laughs) And you'll find yourself in a difficulty. Is that not life? And life is a series of seasons. Well, because of that, and I I think that's true, and I think the Bible teaches that, but... uh, on the other hand, too, I think because a lot of times, particularly myself, because I think that way, I think sometimes I'm a little short-sighted when it comes to suffering. I'm a little bit short-sighted on what God is really doing and what God is preparing and how God is working right now in my life. And so what I'll do is I'll look at a difficulty or I'll look at a hard season, or at an adversity, or something like this blindness, and my attitude will be, well, let's
1: just get through it. And I don't know if I'm being as relevant
0: as I hope I'm being right now. I don't know how many of you have, have, or are walking right now through something where your attitude
1: is, just get through it. But what do you do when, yeah, the season changes, but maybe that certain difficulty remains, it stays?
0: Since being blind for a year now, I've went through several seasons. I've went through seasons of incredible spiritual growth, explosive growth. I've went through seasons of almost despair, of difficulty, you know, just feeling off and having difficulty praying at times. I've went through tremendous seasons of faith, and then I've went through seasons where I've had to say, Lord, I I believe, but help my unbelief. Does anyone understand what I'm saying today? Is anyone with me right now on this?
1: We go through, we go through these
0: questions, and we go through these seasons, and and I don't know a greater scripture in the Bible that gives us an eternal perspective than what we're about to read in First Peter. And So 1 Peter is going to teach us something that I think is amazing. 1 Peter is going to teach us that the sufferings that we go through, that the grievous trials that we face, that they are not a waste, they are not meaningless, But what he teaches is that they are going to bring glory and they are going to bring praise and they're going to bring honor to the Lord at the revelation of Jesus Christ. That's his coming, my friends. And what the Lord is teaching me in my difficulty of blindness is Chad, don't just try to get through this Understand that what you're suffering now is going to bring me praise and glory and honor for the rest of eternity. See, so often we see our suffering as only right here. But see, this scripture is going to teach us that our suffering in this world is going to result, is going to be found in the result of... Of the praise and honor and glory of Jesus at his coming and for all of eternity. Do you see your suffering in that light? Do you see your difficulty in that light? Do you see your hardships in the way that not only do they serve a purpose right here today, but for all of eternity? What a difference! So let's begin, and let's see what Peter says to his audience. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 6. In this you rejoice. <laughs> what an incredible opening statement to our text. In this you rejoice. In what? In the sufferings. In the hardships. In the exile in what you're facing right now. There's still joy in what you are facing. In this you rejoice, though for a little while if necessary.
1: You have been met with grievous trials. You've been given grievous trials. You face grievous trials. In this you
0: rejoice, though for a little while, if necessary, you have been met with grievous trials. Now, friends, I don't know about you today, but I find a world of comfort in that one statement. It tells me that even though I'm going to face grievous trials, difficult circumstances, things in life that I have to face, I can't go around them. I have to have God's grace to go through them. And even though there are things like that I'm going to face, the Bible says, though for a little while, they're not going to stay forever. Amen. And and then he goes on to say, if necessary, do you realize there are some things that are necessary to the building and the growing of your faith? And so think what a different perspective this is. This would be such a paradigm shift for so many of us if we would really understand that what I am facing right now in my life is not because God's angry at me, not because God is picking on me, not because God has abandoned me. No, it is because it is necessary to the building, to the growing of my faith. Is anyone with me right now? It is necessary for me. Hallelujah. And are you able to say, and no matter what difficulty you're in, if it is necessary unto my faith, then glory
1: to God. I was faced with that this weekend. So Hudson, my little two-year-old, he's like a little Tasmanian devil.
0: Yesterday at the church, I heard Sadie in my office say, Hudson, pick your chicken up. And today they found chicken on top of a book in a bag in my office. That's no doubt him. (laughs) And and Hudson, he's he's, he's wild. Well, he's going to the house. Pew, 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 pew. I was pretty sure
1: what he was doing, but I said, Sadie, what is he doing? And she said, oh, he's shooting you with his finger. Pew, pew, pew. This morning, I, was, I had such a great time with my kids last night. We were wrestling
0: and playing, and, you know, my girls, even though they're still young, they've grown up with, with me being normal, <clears throat> but my boys,
1: you know, sometimes I worry, you know, if, I, if I'm not looking them in the eye, and am I really
0: connecting with them the way I connected with my girls that concerns me at times. And this morning I was praying when I got up and, and I was telling the Lord, I was thinking about Hudson shooting me with his finger and how much we were wrestling last night. And I told the Lord, I said, Lord, I would just give anything in the world to see him pew, pew, pew.
1: And I said, Lord, I really want to see that. But then, and I meant this with my whole heart, But I said, Lord, if it glorifies you more to leave me in the situation I'm in right now for as long as you determine, then so be it. If this is what is glorifying you now, in this moment, in this hour, glorify yourself through me. Though, for a little while, if necessary, we are met with grievous trials. What is your view of trials? Is your view, let me get through
0: it as fast as I can. Is your view, let me not touch or feel anything. Or is your view, if this is what is necessary, to the praise and glory and honor
1: of Jesus Christ, then to God be the glory. Now, what's he mean by grievous trials? Now, I'm just
0: so thankful. Let me tell you, I'm so thankful that the Bible does not teach that when things go south in your life, when things go wrong in your life, when when things get hard in your
1: life that there's something wrong with you. Thank God that the Bible doesn't teach that because it's not true.
0: And some Christians would maybe feel like, oh, if I just, you know, if I, if I was a better Christian or if I had this or if I, uh, you know, thought this or could be here or whatever. Then maybe things would be, no, my friends, there are some things you have to face the grievous trial and you simply have to walk through it, trusting God. This is going to be, there's going to be an outcome. We'll get to that in a moment. You're going to come through it and you're going to be fine. And the Bible teaches that even in those times, the Bible teaches that when the flame comes upon us, it's not going to consume us. And when the floods come upon us, they're not going to overtake us. You see what I'm saying? God's going to have grace and his grace is going to be more than sufficient in whatever you're facing. But that doesn't mean you're not going to face it. Though for a little while, if necessary, we will be met with grievous trials. Now, this makes me think of the teaching of James In James chapter one, he teaches that Our trials are an encounter. The Bible says various trials. I love that word various. Because you know what that tells me? When you hit a financial trial... Don't think that some strange thing has happened when you meet a health trial. Don't think as though some strange thing has happened when you meet a relational trial, or you have a job trial, or you have, uh, you know, uh, an issue with some. Listen, don't think that 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 people. Uh, Bothering you, or people lying on you, or people persecuting you, or whatever the case is, whatever trial that you face, Peter says, don't think it's some strange thing, because James says, you and I are going to encounter various trials, that means trials of all different kinds. In James chapter 5, when he says, if any of you are cheerful, let him sing. If any are suffering, let him pray. And if any of you are sick, let him call for the elders of the church. And the prayer of faith will heal the one who is sick. But do you know what that word suffering means? That word suffering means calamity of any kind. And friends, when you and I face sufferings of whatever case or whatever circumstance or whatever situation, and when we face these grievous trials, plural, have you ever said if one thing can go wrong, it all can have you ever been in that season? You ever been in that thing where if one thing breaks, everything breaks? You ever been there?
1: I've been there. listen, those things are just that, they're seasons,
0: and you're going to come through the season, and things will change, but until they do, what what do you do? You say, God, if necessary if this is what's necessary to the building of my faith, if this is what is necessary to the glory of your name, if this is what is necessary for me to be molded and shaped into who you, I am the clay, you are the potter, and if this is what you deem good, and if this is what you deem as necessary, I
1: will be the clay on the potter's wheel. If necessary and then watch what he says
0: if necessary you'll be met with grievous trials so that the tested genuineness of your faith god's going to test our faith my friends you want your faith to grow i want my faith to grow well, let me tell you, it's going to encounter test. And do you know how God's going to test our faith? The way that they test gold and silver. You, do you know what they do with gold? They put fire to gold. And why do they do that? To burn out the impurities. To get the impurity out of gold. To make it pure gold. And Peter says that your faith, the genuineness of it, is going to be tested as gold that perishes. I love that because when you link that to later on in chapter 1, Peter is going to explain that you and I have been purchased with the blood of Jesus Christ. We have not
1: been redeemed. We have not been purchased with perishable things like gold and silver. Because that will perish. We've been bought with imperishable
0: with the blood of Jesus Christ, that being much more, infinitely more valuable than gold or silver, amen. So he says, your faith is going to be tested, the genuineness of your faith, as gold that perishes, though tested by fire. And Peter's going to go on to say, when you encounter these fiery trials, don't Act, don't think as though some strange
1: thing
0: has happened. Because again, going back to James chapter 1, that word encounter, we must encounter various trials, literally means a scheduled appointment. And boy, let me tell you, if anything encourages me in blindness, it is that this is a scheduled appointment. And if the trial is scheduled, then my friend, the end of it is scheduled as well. Amen. Now, the length between those two points, I don't know. And I'll be quite honest. It's not even for me to know. What's my job? My job is to glorify the Lord in the midst of it. Amen. And I've told you many times, the Lord has told me, if the affliction is so glorifying me, how much more will the healing glorify me? Amen. See, that's not for me to know. I don't need to know. What I need to do is focus on not only what God's doing right now in the moment for you, not only what God's doing in your life. Right now in the moment. But what's he preparing you for? What's he preparing me for? For all of eternity. So watch what he says.
1: So we rejoice in this. Though for a little while if necessary. We are met with grievous trials. That the tested
0: genuineness of our faith as gold that perishes, though by fire,
1: may be found
0: in result of the praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. My friends, what this teaches is an eternal perspective. What it teaches is that when Christ comes, Our sufferings are going to glorify God. Amen. Now, notice he says at the revelation of Jesus Christ. There's something special here. Now, obviously, the last book of the Bible is what book? Revelation. Now, don't make the mistake that I used to make. I used to call it Revelations. You ever call the book Revelations? I try to be careful now, and I try not to call it revelations. That's kind of like calling Walmart, Walmarts. (laughs) You ever hear people call it that? It's like, no, it's Walmart. Anyway, revelation. Why, Why is it different than revelations? Because the book is about one thing, the revealing, the revelation, Of Jesus Christ. Where does this word, where does this word picture come from? Well, what it means, revelation, this is literally what the word means. If I had a beautiful painting up here, and I was getting ready to unveil, I was getting ready to reveal publicly. I was getting ready to make a, a, a wonderful display of this painting, and I wanted to publicly unveil it. Well, what would I do? I would have, I would have a, a, a silk cloth or something very nice over it. And when I was ready to reveal it, what would I do? I would pull that cloth down. And what? I would unveil. I would reveal what was so special. That is the revelation of Jesus. That's what the book of Revelation is intended for. It's not necessarily the mark of the beast or the antichrist or the you know this or that or the two witnesses, you know, all those things that are part of end time study. The bold judgments, the seal, ju- you know, there's so much there, but it's not about all of that. It's at its heart, it's about the coming of Jesus. It's about the unveiling. It's about the revealing of Jesus. And Peter uses this same language when he says, here's your focus, is that these grievous trials, they are, they are testing your faith. It's as what fire does to gold. It's purifying your life. It's purifying your motives. It's purifying your thinking. It's purifying your feelings and your affections. And what it's doing is it's preparing you. It's getting you ready to really glorify God at the coming of Jesus Christ. And so God's been challenging me and saying, Chad, is your blindness only for this hour? Is it only for this moment? Is it only for what I'm doing right now? Or is it also for the coming of Jesus? Is it also going to display my glory for all of eternity? And my friends, I am telling you out of sheer experience that when I begin to dwell on that and I begin to meditate on that, let me tell you, it allows me to say, yeah, yeah, I can go through this. I can face it. I can walk through it. I can go through this. Why? Because I don't just want to glorify God now. I want to glorify him for all of eternity. And do you see what a resolve that that gives us in our suffering? That is what allows us to suffer well. To go through hardships well. To go through sorrow well. To face loss well. That is what gives us the endurance. Do you see what I'm saying today? At the revelation of Jesus Christ. So, my question is very simple at this early morning service.
1: Do you suffer well? Do you have a long view when it comes to hardship? Are you in this for the long haul? Then he goes on to say, and to me, this is such special scripture. He says, You have not seen him, yet you love him. Hmm. That had to have been something special to Peter because Peter had walked with the Lord. And when he writes that, now
0: think about this. When Peter pens these words under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and Peter says, "Though you have not seen him, though you do not see him, you love him, and though you do not see him, you believe in him." You know. You know what? I personally, this is This is just me pondering this. I wonder if Peter's mind went back to when
1: Jesus said. Peter, do you love me? Of course, Lord. And what did Jesus say? Feed my sheep.
0: And look what he says to those Christians then and what Peter says
1: to us today. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Do you find that as comforting as I do? Though you do not see him, you believe in him. I find those words remarkable. And I think that's exactly what Jesus meant to Peter when he said, Peter, feed my sheep. I think he did it well.
0: Then he says, watch this. Though you do not see him, you believe in him and rejoice with a joy. <laughs> that is
1: inexpressible and filled with glory. My friends, I just, I wanna be as transparent with you as I can possibly be. There's such a joy in my difficulty. People will ask me, they'll come up to me and they'll say, how are you doing, Chad? And I say, I'm doing good. And they say, yeah, but how are you really doing? Well, guess what? I'm really, really doing good. You know why? Because there's a joy in suffering. Sometimes as Christians,
0: we think, oh, well, if we're going to suffer well for the Lord, then we have to mope around and people are going to know that we're down and suffering. No, that's not suffering. That's not biblical suffering. Do you know what biblical suffering is? There is a joy that's inexpressible and filled with glory, amen? You know what I link in this verse that I find so interesting? Is if my focus is to glorify God. If my suffering, if my difficulty is to the praise and the glory and the honor of Jesus Christ. And as my life brings glory to God. Do you know what glory, do you know what God begins to give in my life? Glory. Do you see it in the text? There is a joy that is filled with glory. Is that evident in your life? Is the glory of God breaming out of your experiences? Is there joy that marks your life, even though things are hard, and even though things haven't yet changed, and even though you could even term what you're going through as grievous?
1: Is there joy there? Because that, my friend, is biblical suffering. A group called me from Lynchburg, Virginia last week, and they want to do a
0: video on my blindness that I'm so excited about. Th- these videos are translated into 50 languages around the world through Trans World Radio.
1: And they were asking me questions, preparing for this video, and, and they, said,
0: they said, can, can you... You know, just, they were asking me to
1: talk and describe, you know, they were just, it was the the pre uh, the preliminary things. And there are times, and I mean this, church, there are times, I'm literally at a loss for words.
0: Because knowing that I was losing sight, feeling it coming on, knowing, trying to prepare mentally, trying to prepare emotionally, trying to prepare physically around the house. I mean, somebody put the knives up, right? (laughs) That was a joke. You can laugh at that. Oddly enough, you know what one thing as I was preparing for blindness, you know what one thing I did not realize and didn't think about? Uh, I can't distinguish currency any longer. I don't know what's a five or what's a 50. I wasn't prepared for that. You know, my father-in-law just opened up a new restaurant in Bristol and uh, and I tried to tell him, I said, listen, I'd be glad to run the cash register on the opening night and he wouldn't let me. Wasn't that awful? I would have worked for free. <laughs> but I can no longer tell what a 20 is versus a 1, I don't know. And, I, you know, and, and just preparing for the, for the natural things and the and the spiritual things and the family things and just trying to prepare for this, I, I can tell you this: I did not realize I couldn't have I could not have realized
1: how strong the grace of God would be. I'm telling you, every moment that I've needed grace. It has kicked in and it has sustained me. Amen. And let me tell you, friends, if that is what is necessary, then to God be the glory. Because Jesus is coming. And when he comes, Luke chapter 18, he's coming to the earth looking for people of faith. Is that you? Is there faith in your heart? Do you live not just for
0: today, not just for tomorrow, not just
1: for retirement? Do you live for eternity? And watch how he closes this text, and this is where I end. At the revelation of Jesus Christ, that's his coming, and look what he says. To the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Friends, you and I are going to an eternity that God himself has prepared for us. Now say amen if you're with me right now. Do
0: not miss this. Come on, I need you right. Say amen if you're with me. You can't miss this. You can't miss this. Because this is everything, okay? Okay. God himself has prepared an eternity with no disease, with no sorrow, with no mourning, with no suffering, (laughs) with no death. I mean, come on. God has prepared an eternity where it is so at peace that the Bible says he himself will wipe away every tear out of our eye. That's the kind of eternity that God has prepared. And that, my friends, is why our suffering uniquely glorifies God. It's only in this life that you and I will suffer to the praise, the glory, and the honor of Jesus. Only in this life. So don't waste it. Give it to the Lord as a gift and say, if necessary, if necessary, if necessary, I'll go through the fire. I'll go through the fire because I know what's coming. Jesus is coming. Pray with me right now. God, I don't want to live for this hour. I don't want to live for this moment. I don't want to live for this decade. I don't want to live for retirement. I want to live for eternity. I want the eternal perspective. one day suffering will come to an end but it is our suffering that's going to be found in result to the praise and glory and honor of Jesus Christ don't let me despise that thank you God thank you God thank you God so help us to endure harden us as a good soldier. Let us fight spiritual battles clothed in the armor of God that we may take our stand. Empower us, Holy Spirit. And as we suffer in this life, remind us evermore There is an age to come. There is a world to come. So be patient and endure to the glory of God. Help us and strengthen us. I pray for everyone here this morning. I pray for everyone who's watching or listening online. That you will meet them exactly where you have them. And that you'll help us understand our trials are encounters. Our trials are scheduled. Our trials are appointments that you have allowed. Because you are getting unique glory that can come no other way. To God be the glory. In
1: Jesus' name. Amen.